All right, good evening, everyone. Thanks for coming out for the podcast and set. <laughs> this week, my guest is, of course, Miss Allie Chen. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and we just met. Yes. Which is not uncommon here at the podcast. No. Uh, but you've been doing this for quite... Actually, you said nine years officially for improv. Because that's when you started I.O. out here in, well, in Los it, Angeles. Well, seven years officially from I.O., but I did do a little bit at Deadly Rigs in Brave New Workshop uh, in Minneapolis. Before. That still counts. It it didn't feel like... I felt like I didn't delve in until I came to I.O. In, on the West Coast here. So it felt... <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like that was more play in Minneapolis and here I felt like I remember my very first class going crap this is hard I'm terrified I'm going to keep doing this until I can feel comfortable and I hate it and love it at the same time well I was, I was thinking when, when I started I did I started with short form too mm-hmm. uh, which uh, it was the second city which mm-hmm. is they use improv to create ideas for sketch remember mostly what they used were games right uh, and it was Short form stuff, but that's still it's still valuable. Yes, you, you, oh, absolutely. You still use all those tools oh, yeah. when, when when you're doing uh, long form. But I I also I'm familiar with that that changeover to that first class. We're just like <laughs> like oh shit, I know less. <laughs> they didn't teach me how to improvise those yeah. fuckers. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing? This is this is not improv. I'm like, oh, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. This sucks. Oh, but I loved it right away too. Yeah, where we're just like, but wait a minute. But so they're they're like they're aren't any real like there's no specific game we got to play we yeah. just gotta which i still was i was terrible at it right for the first you know two years i was improvising i was just, I was just like Ugh. i mean yeah. actually for me i call my improv start date when i started at the improv olympic in chicago which uh-huh. was two years at first two were at second city but i don't count those when i was learning how to improvise uh-huh. uh but i still count them as like part of the, right. the whole time experience in. yes so nine years that's how long you've been doing this <laughs> uh and now you're out you, yeah, you, let's see, you started, you're from Racine, Wisconsin. Yep, Racine, Wisconsin. Packers fan. I am a Packers fan. Go Pack! You, no, do not know. <laughs> this, <laughs> you, you, this is Chicago, this is a Chicago house, uh, uh, which unfortunately that means I have to root for the Bears, uh, and this year that's not a not fun a thing, thing to do. Uh, didn't the Packers just kill the Bears last week? I don't know. I've been moving, so I've been unplugged. Wow, so. you better have a good excuse. Yeah, for not I know, what I know, Packers I know. Did. I, I didn't have a television plugged in. I don't have anything. I didn't have Wi-Fi. I didn't have anything. So. I think I watched like the first quarter, and I was like, I can't. I just can't watch this. Uh, at least the Cubs are in the World Series. Yeah, I know. I I said go Cubbies at my support job, and an LA Dodger fan was like. I'm going to pop your ball because I sit. <laughs> <laughs> I sit on this ball, and I was like, "Whoa, I'm scared." <laughs> that was kind of weird being out here. I've lived out here for about 15 years, and it just. But of course, I was like, "I'm going to root for the Cubs." I mean, right. I mean, I'd, I'd probably root for. Cause I'm not. I'm not really a baseball fan. Uh-huh. Uh, like I'm only. Like I've never. I've been to maybe two Cubs games in my life, uh-huh. uh, and actually. The, the, I remember the one game was a, a a girl asked me on a date, and she took me to a Cubs game, and this is long before I started improvising uh-huh. or anything, and I was just like, 
this is terrible. <laughs> uh, well, because un- unfortunately, it's like like I wasn't a baseball fan to begin with, yeah. and we had a couple seats like way out down the third base line, up under the 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 balcony. Yeah. Uh, so it was freezing. So you, so you, you're not even in the sun, and apparently it was a great game, but it was like a pitcher's duel. So it's like you're sitting yeah. where you can barely see. You can't see the pitcher or the plate, really. Yeah. Uh, so for like 16 innings, you're just it, it's like no one's scoring. <laughs> it's just like it, it, it's, an, it's an amazing pitcher's duel, apparently. But I'm just like, this is boring as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and I remember we left before it was over. I was like, I can't. I mean, we're just this. I hate you. <laughs> I, 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 I hate you for bringing me to this place. The best thing is always the tailgating. I mean, yeah. And if you don't do that and you just go to the game and it's not fun, it's not fun. It's funny because I, I, do they really, I don't think they really tailgate at Wrigley Field because there's nowhere to do it. I mean, there's bars all around. Well, so I think they show up early and go to all the bars. I went with my friend and we did in the back of her truck. Yeah. In Chicago? Yeah. Like we were in a parking, a garage and her, her parents had brought out a little grill about that big. With a, it's like those tiny ones that you have for dorms, and we just grilled in the back of her truck and did tailgating. <laughs> was there anyone else doing that? No. <laughs> that's a, that's a, so you guys had your own one family tailgate in Chicago. But it was fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see that on TV all the time. Yeah. Like you said, some commercial where because that's a lot of stadiums have those enormous parking right. lots where everybody parks. Whereas in Chicago, there's no real parking lot for right. Wrigley Field. You just got to park around mm-hmm. the neighborhood. So there's no yeah, it's not tailgating. Like, it's not like the brewers where everybody like pours out the beers and just like tailgates, but it was still fun. All right. So <laughs> so you're from Wisconsin. Yes, I'm from Wisconsin. Uh, and then you moved to, to, to Minnesota for Minnesota, a while. Minnesota, yeah. Uh, and that's where you went to, to Dudley Riggs? Yes. That's the name yes. of it, right? Dudley, Dudley Riggs? Riggs, Brave New Workshop. Brave New Workshop. Uh, and you were there for? Seven years. Seven years. Did some, wait, you were there at that workshop for seven years? No, I was in Minneapolis for oh, seven Oh, you were in Minneapolis for seven years. So, little, just, so yeah. just the last couple of years you did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you moved to L.A., yeah. signed up at Iowa West. Uh, and then and now you're on a team that's doing very well, I understand. Uh, it's it, We're a study team. It's We play whenever we can. So uh, the class team, we just went through as a group. And uh, the class team just continued on, and we're we're coached by Scott Robinson, who's, who's great, who's a long, long time, old time improviser. Hey, hey, he's, he came up with me. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, and he's uh, a young guy. <laughs> he's fresh. He's fresh, and he's, he's great. <laughs> he's a great. He's, it's great to have a coach who's been there from the beginning because he's not afraid to screw with the form or make comments about like what Dell used to do and yeah I, um so we we always rehearse with him every week and we just play wherever we can and we've been doing it now for six years so but that's actually one of those things that's more and more rare as, as I see it like for a team to stay together that long because mm-hmm. uh, to me there's so much opportunity there are so many places to play currently mm-hmm. uh, so there's so much so many ways to do multiple shows with multiple teams. Uh, and I think there's something, you know, there's an advantage to that, but I don't think you really learn what you learn from finding a team that you can call home. Yeah. 
where he's like, no, we're, we're going to stay together. Yeah. Like, we know how each other, how we play. We know the strengths and weaknesses and we know where to fill in. And we just have that trust now that you don't have with a brand new team. Like I just, I know that I can step out and they will be okay with just leaving me alone out there, that they don't feel like they have to save me and I don't feel like I have to save them. And when they do need saving and when I do need saving, they know. <laughs> right. You know? Oh, no. I've, they I've, just I've, know. Yeah, it's, I, say, I see a lot of like, you know, teams where it, it, it looks more like showcasing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of talented people, a lot of great players. But you, always, you can tell the difference between e- even a team of like, you know, hired guns versus an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Right when yeah. the ensemble knows how to be quiet, mm-hmm. right? They know when to make it pretty. They they just know better because they they've been together longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> it's like I, I debated that for years because I, I always thought like if I if I came through now, right? What would I? How would I handle it? I you know because there are so many different places and opportunities yeah. to play. I'd probably be, be in multiple schools. I'd probably try, be trying on multiple teams. And I think I'd probably wind up screwing myself over because if if, you, if you're on multiple teams, you really can't commit to one and therefore you can't really learn from any of them. I feel like there's so much out here that when you do too many things at once, you get pulled in too many directions and then you confuse yourself because one instructor is saying this, one coach is saying this, one, you know, and then I think that you should play everywhere in general, like go through all the different improv things. Uh, go through Second City, go through UCB, go through IO, go through the pack, but don't do them all at the same time. <laughs> and I know people who've <clears throat> tried to do them all at the same time, and it just gets way too confusing. It's it's just better to do them one at a time, and and yeah, and longevity is. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking like, the, yeah, to do them all at the same time is just a yeah. mind fuck. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm just thinking of like. Being on multiple teams, doing multiple shows, even though you're getting more stage time, the your focus is diluted. So it's not mm-hmm. really as valuable. And I think you know, also there's the sort of because for me it's like you know a work eth- a work ethic thing where it's like people they they study it or they're, right. or they're in class but they're not seeing the shows. Right. Uh, and just like it's huge. It's just like I think people should. I think a lot of people should do less shows and see more of them. Yeah. I mean, see the bad, see the good ones, see the bad ones. Yeah. Because you're going to learn as long as you're as long as you're taking it in. I think that's more valuable than getting stage time on a half-assed team. Oh, I know. Like, I think watching bad shows, no matter how painful. I remember watching one really painful show and going, "Oh, that was so painful." But knowing and seeing, like. Well, why was it so painful? And why didn't the ensemble work together? What was it that didn't click? And you learn more from that than sometimes like seeing a great show. You're like, oh, that's great. And they're wonderful. But then you can like bring that back to your own team and go, okay, they weren't listening to each other. Uh, They were doing mini negating, you know, uh, where they didn't think they were. They're asking too many questions, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Not that any of that can not work because anything can work if you're if you're together long enough and you you know you know how to play with each other but it's not, I, I think I've, I've always seen that like as far as watching shows like one if you're a student of it or, or if you want to do it then you start watching shows differently mm. you're not watching them just to be entertained um and you're sort of, you're, you're analyzing you're saying mm-hmm. all right 
what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things you'll see, like in a bad show, for example, you say, all right, I see what's not working, but I see it. I see it. I recognize it. I identify it. So I'm reinforcing uh, that connection in my brain. And if I see something that that's new, I'm building a new connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like when you have like you, you argue something that you've argued before. You know what you believe, and you know that that asshole over there doesn't believe it no matter what. But you're going to argue it just to see if there's anything new to that mm-hmm. side. Uh, and even though you're saying things you've said, you're, you're re, uh, reaffirming what you already know to be true, which makes that stronger. Right. Uh, so to me, I've always kind of seen viewing shows as simple as, as that. Is That's how you learn. Yeah. Uh, and it's also interesting to see veterans – uh, get thrown by new things that are thrown from watching new shows. So, like, I was at I.O., and, you know, they everybody had been playing for a long time, and then the Chicago team came in. Who had, We hadn't had a Chicago team play who, who had, was fresh from Chicago for a while. And they, instead of going off stage and using the openings, they actually held their back line on the stage so that everybody could see everything and... They played really tight and really fast, and you saw like the light bulbs go off as the others who had been in Chicago but now in LA were playing and changing their style to match the Chicago people because they realized, oh, we can't see as well when we're when we're out in in the like little openings, and so they started building back lines right back on the stage too, and I was. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's really interesting. Like to have the back lines back on the stage again after they've built all these like curtains and everything so you oh, can't wow. see. Oh, yeah. I just I just I just disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just I, thought I, it was I, funny. I, I remember when it was all back lines, right? Uh-huh. You always stood in the back line. Uh-huh. Uh and eventually like for for certain shows or, or for like a, a certain type of piece, you'd want that. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of shows, to me, if I'm watching the scene on stage and there are people standing all all around the scene, the slightest movement will pull your focus. Yeah, will pull yeah. my focus, which distracts from yeah. where we want the audience's focus, which yeah. is on the scene. Uh, and to me, I don't see as well standing behind a scene as I do standing off to the side of it, being able to see people's faces. Uh, yeah, I've always found the backline you know, distracting. It's so much better yeah. to, to go to the sides. It was just interesting to see them change the way they played because they were watching. So you never know what you learn from watching. <laughs> what's what's funny to me is like when players come out from Chicago. Because I remember when I came out from Chicago, and it's just like, all right, it was definitely different out here. I mean, this was L.A. was not, mm-hmm. fifteen years ago. L.A. was a world away from where it is today, uh-huh. uh, as far as improv theater and the audience that's been built. Uh, I'm familiar with that just because we did it back in Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, but I remember coming out here and doing what just killed at, say, Armando in Chicago. But playing in Armando in Chicago, you're playing to a house full of people who laugh at mistakes because uh-huh. they're a trained, built audience. They, they laugh at formal mistakes. Uh-huh. Uh, I came out here. I remember doing a show, and it's like, oh, my shit's not fucking working. It's like, and, and these were small houses and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I got to actually fucking work again. Mm-hmm. I got to work to get my fucking laugh. And I'm like, all right, good on you. I'll do that. Uh, I, I saw a lot of players come out from Chicago in the course of the years, like 
bing, bang, boom, yeah. here's my Chicago thing. And, it, and, and it's <laughs> just like, no, man, no, no, no you got to earn something now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's getting easier out here because, again, the, 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 the audience is being trained and built. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still ain't Chicago because in Chicago it's just – yeah, They're used to improv there. You could probably do improv at a bus stop in Chicago and, and someone would be like, you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> you just negated what that person created. <laughs> I'm going to 65th Street. Got to go. Yeah, uh, yeah it would actually be funny. Um, Let's see. So you're on a team. They're together. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing great. Are you looking to do anything else, or are you involved in anything else right now? Yeah, um, I've been an actor. Uh, I was an actor prior to improv, and so I was looking for a way to, you know, not be reliant on other people hiring me. So that's where I went to improv, and then from that, and um, doing Second City Sketch, I was like, you know what? I just need to do something else. So I started writing and produced a web series um, with a bunch of people. And uh, we were the very first uh, web series with a live audience. And we were published in Variety as that. So it was was a multi-cam comedy web series. What was it called? It was called L.A. Beer. L.A. Beer. Uh Uh-huh. All right. And... uh, that's great. That, I, mean, I, I, just, I, I can't help but that just reminds me of how, how often so many people, uh, although it should be so apparent nowadays, uh-huh. people who like wait for something to happen. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. The world is now set up for you. Just, you make it. You make yeah. something happen. It was just a group of people who had worked in the industry who were very frustrated and wanted to do something, who had experience in various levels of like... So I had experience casting, so I helped cast this. We did a Kickstarter campaign, and we raised $27,000. And uh, some of the people had worked professionally on sets as well, and so they pulled all their sets, uh, set people. So we had professional camera people. We had professional ADs. We had, like, professional set designers. And then I work at Center Theater Group as my support job, and the prop people let us rent all the pieces for really cheap, amazing. And so it looks amazing. The cameras were all donated, like friends who had great cameras and wanted to learn but really didn't know how to use their cameras yet. They let us use their cameras, their Canon, you know, the ones that were... Right. And so um, it looks great. It was produced really high quality and... Is this still going or...? Um, no, we tried to get it uh, picked up and sent it out to festivals and stuff and uh, nobody bit, but... It was a great experience, and it helped me learn to keep writing and producing stuff for yeah. yourself. It's so easy now, too, with iPhones and great cameras. You just do it. And it was all SAG. I, I was one of the executive producers. I was the SAG signatory on it. So it's really easy to do. Just That's great. Yeah. Uh, it's like I, I, And then just like if, 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 if that doesn't get picked up, all right, next thing. Right. What's the next thing? Right. Uh, all right, that's great. Yeah, and are you working on anything currently? Uh, right now, I'm just working on moving. <laughs> oh, I'm busy. Right, now. I'm busy all the time. <laughs> I can't come help. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you just moving? Um, just moving from one part of town to another. So just yeah, boxes and boxes. And you have a lot of shit. Yes, 
than trying to lighten the load. Yes, but yes, I do. What do you got? You got any good stuff? Um, in the in the back of my car right now, I've got a bathroom caddy that is pretty new. If anyone wants one, <laughs> what's a what's a bathroom caddy? It hangs on your shower, and you put like shampoo and stuff in it. All right, now I'm going to pass on the bathroom yeah. caddy. I already gave a bunch of desks away. I already gave a patio set away. I gave a bunch of stuff away. Do you have a pool table? I don't, but that would be great. I might keep the pool table if I had that. I was thinking about, what, what would I want? <laughs> what, what stuff I might use at my house? Yeah. You have a, a, a big screen TV? I just got one. I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take that one. <laughs> well, you're moving, so you want to get rid of that. So no, I'll, I'll just... take that off your hands. <laughs> How many inches? 55. That's a big TV. Yeah, it's big. Is that amazing? It's funny because uh, I have a, you know, a daughter and a son, all right? Mm-hmm. And currently, they share a room. I think in, in their room, they have a, I think it's just like a, maybe a 30 inch. Or maybe maybe it's not that big. Maybe twenty six to thirty, something like that. Flat screen TV uh-huh. on their wall that sort of has a swivel, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's hooked up to like the internet. I know it's got and, everything now. Yeah, right? and I'm just like I remember when I was a kid. And I remember the year I got I got a 19 inch black and white <laughs> uh, TV, and it was the it was probably the size uh, of that, that box over. It was it was a big thing, and it was deep. Right, yeah, had, those you, big honking heavy ones. Oh yeah, and I remember wa- I remember watching everything in black and white and that. And I was like, I got a TV in my room. It gets all eight channels. <laughs> uh, I can watch Andy Griffith and Dick Van Dyke. Uh, and you had to you had to walk up to the TV. I mean, I mean, I all right, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. being like five. My parents were having a dinner party and they said, "Go watch TV. We don't move." We're going to be in the other room. Don't move. Amityville Horror was on the television. Oh, fuck. I was so scared. And I kept trying to turn the channel. It was like one of those big TVs. And you had to walk up and turn the channel with your hand, right? And but, I'm little. But that's how, but that's how he gets you. <laughs> and I tried to turn. <laughs> I couldn't change the channel. And I'm sitting there, this little kid watching Amityville Horror. And I was like so horrified. And I, but she said, my mom said, don't move. <laughs> So I, I couldn't leave the room, and I'm like, <laughs> and I couldn't sleep alone for like three months. I was so scared. And it's ruined me. I have not seen horror films. I cannot watch horror films because I'm so friggin' scared because of Amityville Horror. Films. I have never been one of the, like, like it's fine with horror films. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be scared. <laughs> really? I mean, I remember as a kid, yeah. as a kid, probably around that age, I, I wound up watching, what was that fucking movie? What's the one? The Exorcist. Oh, Right? And I'm raised Roman Catholic, so I'm like, this is true. Yeah, it's real. Right? It's real. This this happens, and now I'm afraid of everything. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, that's not a good feeling. No. Uh, it's, I, I made a worse mistake when I was in high school. Uh, I, I went to see The Exorcist with a friend at a midnight showing, uh, and I decided to try weed. Oh, no. I know. Uh, and and it, as it turns out, I cannot smoke weed <laughs> at all. I just immediately become super paranoid. Oh my gosh. Uh, 
so yeah, so I, I've got you know here, here's my first weed thing going on, which of course is just incredible. Because of course your first weed thing you don't know anyway. So you're smoking weed like it's a cigarette, <laughs> right? So I'm, I I got like more weed in me than probably anyone needs for a week. <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't get anything. What? I'm still smoking. It's nothing. I'm holding it in, whatever. And then all of a sudden it hits and, and I'm inside the movie. Oh no. Uh, and it was, it was the worst. I remember and we were both like that. We left, we managed to get home. Uh, and then he stayed at my house that night and we stayed in my parents' living room. Uh, and I don't know if either one of us slept. You're just, just terrifying. Like- and again, who, I, I don't like being scared. I, I don't like when people sneak up on me. Oh, I don't I mean I don't like, it's like you know, ah, Jesus, why would you do that to me? Uh, I think plus the, the older I get, the more I was like that, that. That that was like three days, three days right there. <laughs> right, it just took three days off my, my life, life by scaring the shit out of me. And that that's funny because now the older is like sounds. Like oh. I've become sound sensitive. What kind like, of sounds are you talking about? Oh, like if, if a surprise sound that's sort of like, like for, oh, well, in Something. my house, like my son at 6.30 in the morning slamming doors because oh. he's five and he doesn't know how to close a door without slamming it the fuck shut. Uh, bang, bang. And you're sleeping and it's just like, what the, what is he doing? And it's, and it's like, it's the same door, bang, didn't, uh, it's our goddamn bathroom door. It doesn't quite hold its clothes, uh-huh. but he's, he, he, he gets it eventually. <laughs> you know, he'll just, he knows all you gotta do is bang it shut enough and eventually it'll stay shut. Uh, but yeah, stuff like that, or like something dropping out of nowhere, uh-huh. not anything like a, like a pencil or something, but like a beer can just clang yeah. out of nowhere. I'm, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't like being scared. I thought as you got older, your hearing would go more, but I, you get more sensitive. You can actually hear better. Well, th- these things aren't hard to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about like things far away. That I'm, I'm yeah, because I've always had a hearing loss since, ever since I was, I was a genetic that way. I have a uh-huh. slight hearing loss in my upper register, uh-huh. which means I don't hear consonants well sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, and I probably lost a little bit more hearing al- along the way. But no, it's just these. It's the Surprise sounds. Fuck surprise sounds. I don't need surprise sounds. Uh, all right. Does anyone have a question for Allie out there? What do you uh, do now to uh, pay the rent? I work at Center Theater Group. So I do that, and then I uh, book commercials, television, film, and that basically supplements. So some there are some years where I could live off of my acting alone, but most years I work at Center Theater, which is the Amundsen, in the Taper and the Kirk Douglas Theater. So they're great. Okay, yeah. that's great. I mean, but that's it's it's quite an accomplishment just to say on some years you can live off your acting alone. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to have something that's theater involved to be sort of the, the fallback because mm-hmm. that still keeps you involved, and especially like a theater like that, which is more theater. Right. Uh, actually, that's how I started as far as like in high school. Oh, really? Like I did theater in uh-huh. high school. I'm sure if I was in high school, I would have thought comedy. Why would I ever do comedy? Right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I do theater. I do theater. I think I, was a, I think I was a snob about whatever I was doing until I was probably 40. Because I remember I, was, I do long form. I don't do short form anymore. I do long form improvisation. I'm an improviser. I don't do sketch. I was I'm a purist. saying something at uh, the Second City. I was like, oh, improv. And someone stopped me. It is not improv. It's improvisation. 
It's not appropriate oh, fuck to call it that was. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I've, I've had some old farts say that shit to me where you say something about improv and they're like, it's improvisation. And I'm like, it's a fucking word <laughs> is what it is. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're an old idiot. Uh, it was a teacher at the Second City. I will not mention names. Well, whatever. It's, it's improv. Like, oh, so I can't use them because, because to me, you do that to an improviser, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, when I pro pro, <laughs> when I get up and do some impo, uh, <laughs> yep, I was gonna find more fucked up ways to say <laughs> that word. Uh, elitist prick. All right, so fuck whoever that guy was. Let's do a set. Yep. And all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Bubble. Bubble? Is that what I heard? Yep. Get into my car to sit on this. 
I need, we need to stop buying things from Ikea. <laughs> Joe, it's, it's the closest don't, store. Don't owe Joe me. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is ridiculous. It's, it, if, if I put that in the seat of my car, it's larger than I am. I will not be able to sit in the seat of my car. Well, I would love to see you try it. can't. This, this thing is in my seat. You just have to push it down a little bit. If, if you push it down, then you can... Ooh. Alright. You've got a big butt. Alright, what the, what? What the fuck is that? Why is it? Why is that coming out right now? Well, I'm sorry, your butt was in my face. You have a big. You've got butt. a big butt. I don't want to do this anymore. Joe, I just, I just wanted to do something that you're good at. I just wanted you to. You've been moping around the house. I, I just wanted you to do something fun, and so I thought I'd get you a bunch of things from IKEA since you're so handy. All right, that's not fun. I, it's it's, it's mind-bogglingly bog annoying putting together shit from Ikea. What? I can't hear you. What? I'm getting rid of this thing. It does not belong in an automobile. <sighs> and now the slide in. Oh. Yeah, Surprise, my butt fits in the seat. My enormous butt. Are you saying, Let, let's go get something to eat, which is a ruse to try and get me to sit in that thing? Well, I've, I've lost my appetite, you know, because you're... My, bu my butt? Are you fucking... Are you kidding me? Do you know how horrible this Joe, is you're saying this to me? Joe, um, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, with your moping around the house and now with your big butt, I, I think um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's time. It's just... What the fuck kind of... Wait a minute! So... I've been moving around the house. Mm -hmm. Alright, it's because my mother died. Alright, you know that. I think right? a week is enough of that. <laughs> a week is enough, especially with your mother. Alright, hey, let's not... She, the woman's dead. You don't need to keep firing shots over there, alright? Exactly, she's dead, so you don't need to mope anymore. My mother was grieving. And so your solution is to buy me a bunch of things to put together from Ikea and, and, and an impossible butt warmer? What? And then, in the, in the process of all that, suddenly my butt's too large to bear and, you, and you're leaving me? Yeah, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but... <laughs> That's funny. I'm not laughing at that. I'm not laughing at that. At least you'll have a bunch of things to remember me by. <laughs> yeah, so she left. Oh, man, that sucks. You want yeah. any of this shit? Well, uh, oh my gosh, Joe. What? We gotta. What? Huh? 
That looks like a fried worm. What is that? It's a it's an IKEA shoelace. <laughs> a shoelace? You don't even need them things anymore. Wow. Well, you do for some shoes, but I don't, I don't even know what the hell that is. It, it doesn't go through any shoe hole. <laughs> it, I don't. It looks like a fried worm, like that book, How You Eat Fried Worms. Well, nah. What else you got? Wait, there's a book, How You Eat Fried Worms? Yeah. I, I don't know that book. You did not go to elementary school and and read the book How to Eat Fried Worms. It's a famous book. Oh, so it's like a child's book. Yeah, with a recipe on how to really eat fried worms. I don't, I don't, I don't recall that. I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Who wants to eat fried worms? Exactly. Why the hell do I eat fried? Look, do you want any of this stuff? Well, I. We got a desk. We got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That's. It's. It's supposed to be a. A butt warmer. A butt warmer? Yeah. And, yeah. And get this. Oops. Get this. Stacy said my butt was too big for her. Your butt? Turn around. Turn around. Not an object. <laughs> well, um, you, don't need, you don't need to I mean, turn around to know that my butt is not enormous. Well, it is. it has got a little bit of shape. Get out. What? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> it's a, Fine. Getting rid of all you haters in my life. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I think you can probably sell this for about. This is not going to get you very much, sir. Um, I just want it gone, all right? Okay, but the second-hand, second-hand, second-hand store can only take things that were truly second-hand, 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 and it doesn't look like it just even got a second-hand. It only got a first-hand. You can have the lot for five bucks. By the way, your store is a dumb name. <laughs> The second-hand, second-hand, second-hand store is very popular, I'll have you know. It doesn't make sense. The hipsters love it. Hipsters we, are idiots. The people of Los Feliz have been flocking here for generations, and I'll have you know that my family makes great money from the second-hand, second-hand, second-hand store. Stop saying the name of your own store. <laughs> it Look, is. tell you what, I'm just going to leave this shit here, and you can do, you can keep it, you can... Throw it away. If we don't take this and you leave this here, we're gonna have to fine you. You can't fine me, you're a store owner. You, we're gonna fine you for leaving garbage on our property. You can't fine me, all right? You would have to go to the police and the police would have to find a way to fine me. You can't issue a fine, you're a citizen. We can fine you, sir. There's a sign all right. right here all right. saying all garbage. Uh, all, it says all garbage? All garbage great. will be yes. fine. All garbage will be fine? Yes. All right, great. I, I, I can write a sign and I, I put it on here. It says, I can't be fined. <laughs> it doesn't mean that's the rule. Well, I'm sorry that you're so lost, sir. Why would it just, it's perfectly good. I, I, I just don't want it. I find when people 
yell at me. It has nothing to do with the things. That there's really something else going on in your life. <laughs> and so I really would highly recommend that you go see a therapist because the secondhand, secondhand, secondhand. Oh, for crying your fucking store name! Go ahead, find it. I'm still mixing together the, the, the detergent and the water, all right? Okay. It's going to take a second. Okay. But this, this should work, all right? Okay, I'm just a little nervous. Yeah. It's okay. It's just, it's, just, it's just a small liquid sphere. That's all it is. It's fun. Okay. It's from Trust Your Grandpa, all right? Trust Your Grandpa. Okay. He knows just, things. Last time you... you Set fire to the garage, so I'm just. That's because I hated the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. Okay. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the detergent in the water is not going to blow up. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Now you got a place that where the garage used to be. Isn't that better? That is so fun. So yeah, thank you, Grandpa. Right. But Daddy called you and re havoc grieving. Old man, so. <laughs> yeah. Did he? Yeah. I, right. I love you, Grandpa. I love you, too. Oh! It burns, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Put a little bit of acid in there. My <laughs> feeling, Just a bit. Grandpa. Sure is I, 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 I didn't say you could pop my, you could pop them. I, I said just look at them, they're beautiful. And you went straight to pop them. But now it's bleeding. That's you're being punished. You're being punished for not for not listening. Grandpa, I think my bone is showing it. It hurts. is. You're right. That's your bone. We all have bones. Look, you learned something. How do I make it stop? Ah, oh, oh. Ah. Now the wind shifted. Oh no, no! Ah. Ah, I see you're not, you're not popping them now, are you? See, you learned something. Yeah, I learned from my failures. I do. What? He did what? Dear fucking God! This is thing. I told you not to, not to go out there. Never pop a bubble. Oh, oh, 
All right. Well, that's that's a very threatening lesson that you delivered here today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most most time it's harmless to pop one. Uh, Ms. Kaczynski, my dad also said that you need to sign this waiver to because it basically is making you free from if any happened to me for my show and tell that his lawyer said you needed to sign. Well, I'm not signing that. But you can't, you can't just deliver a legal document to me and have to, I, I have to sign this in case anything happens to, to you yeah. from your show and tell? Yeah. No, my, I'm not signing that. My, you should have had one, if you wanted me to sign that, you should have brought that in before class. I couldn't remember. Well. My daddy told me to, and I couldn't remember. Explain that to your father's lawyer. Oh, no. <laughs> but I couldn't remember. She wouldn't sign it because I didn't remember. I can't work like this. Mr. Alvish. You're on your own, kid. But my... Those in, huh? I'm drinking, drinking wheatgrass. 
I'm never gonna die. <laughs> you look younger than you did a mm. year ago, you know? That woman was killing me. She was killing me. Now I got, I can, I can do this. I can, I can <sighs> jump up and down on this. It's like. It's never gonna come apart. It's like you have the fountain of youth. Like, I feel like my bones are falling apart. Like, I can't even bend. You know? Yeah, I, I don't want you coming around anymore. What? But, I'm getting younger, you're getting older. But you're one of my best friends. We're not, just because I'm getting hey, older. I don't want people to know that we're the same age, all right? I'm, I'm sorry that I look like I'm 60. I'm sorry that- 60? <laughs> what? Come on now, 60? I look like I'm 19 years old. You look like you're 82. I do not look like I'm 82. I just dyed my hair. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. You have a point. A, a tiny one. Alright, well, thanks for coming by. Uh, oh, jeez, I need to hold that off. Don't know what that feels like anymore. Furnishing the world, what would the world do without IKEA furniture? 
it, it, will, it will have a lot more hours on its hands to do anything else. <laughs> like, you know, pick up a piece of furniture for slightly more money that fucking works. <laughs> Welcome to my abode. I try to keep things simple, so, you know. Since I lost my job at Ikea, I've gone and zenned out and found that the world has so much more to offer when you keep things simple. Yeah. I hang out by the trash can down by the <laughs> Sometimes there's good trash in there. Other times, not so much. You can set a fire in a trash can <laughs> if you're cold. If you want to travel, you just hop the train. You're keeping life simple. Yeah. Although, how do you start a fire when you don't have matches? You just get real angry. <laughs> real angry. Angry as you think. And you just you mm -hmm. cuss a lot. And then you, 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 it, when you, when you, then you pour a little gas in there. And then you, you. <laughs> what the <laughs> That was a character thing. call the show and I do that, right? Uh, in case you didn't know that, and me going like this. <laughs> yes, because that line got such silence. I, I immediately had to call the show. Uh, all right. <laughs> Allie Chen! <laughs>